Welcome back to the Wake Up With Glow podcast with me, Glow. Today we are going to be discussing the remarkably interesting process of individuation. Individuation may be something new to you, but I'm sure when you hear the word, it strikes a very evident resemblance to the word individual. And so you likely are making some deduction at this point as to what it means to individuate. And when we consider the word individual, and we consider what it has come to mean within society, it seems almost as though to be an individual means to have your own opinion, to stand apart from the crowd. And although there is some level of that in the individuation process, I want to use this opportunity to dig a little bit deeper into what individuation actually is saying about what we are here to do as individuals, but more importantly, on a soul level, as individual souls. And so I want you to first accept that individuation is not just a goal that we are trying to check off of our soul's bucket list, but rather it is a lifelong process. It is something that we have to come to terms with, that we will be coping with, mastering, and realizing how little we've mastered for the rest of our human existence. And that can be a little bit hard to swallow for many of us who are hoping that life will in fact make a lot more sense than it does at some point, and it will. And it also will make a lot less sense than it does right now or after some breakthrough that you ultimately end up having. And the closer we get to finding comfort in the fact that this process that we're going through, the reason why we show up here to learn in this space and in other spaces in which you are showing up, is not really to get to some position, some higher position than where you find yourself now, where you can finally exhale and and say to yourself that you've made it and that all of the self-work has been worthwhile. It isn't really about that as much as it is about understanding and developing a comfort level with knowing that this is what life is. This is what it means to be human, to continuously spend your days integrating who it is that you are into who it is that you are here on earth. And regardless of your beliefs, I'm certain that if you're here, you resonate to some degree with the importance of coming to terms with who we are and being able to use that in a way that is beneficial to both our human spirit and also those with whom we get to engage. So individuation. What is individuation? It is a recognition of the self as a separate being from anyone or anything around you. And it is the start of your ability to form an independent identity that is uniquely your own. That's a whole lot of words for saying, it is you discovering your own wholeness. It is the sensation of feeling as though you are doing exactly what you need to be doing at any point in time. It is feeling in integrity, feeling like yourself. 
It is a position in which you do not experience the discomfort of not being aligned or going along with something as so many of us do and all of us have. Going along with something that takes you out of that peaceful state of being in balance with the truth of yourself. And although many people can live under the guise of pursuing a goal that they have decided is for them and then later come to find out is not in alignment with them, individuation, if we can accept it and and come to learn about it and figure out when and where it is to play a part in our learning of ourselves can be an incredibly helpful tool for being able to put us in an optimal position to not have to compromise our integrity and to not have to live in a perpetual state of discomfort and say to ourselves that this is just how the world is. There is nothing more painful than living from a place of this is just how things are. Because to accept that as truth is to believe that you, yourself, you in your truth are not an essential component of how the world is. It is to dismiss your own contribution and your own power in the greater structure of the universe. And that's something that all of this work is aiming to prove to you that you do play a vital role and there is a place for you. And you don't have to live from a position of simply accepting things as they are and fitting in where you feel that you don't. And so it can be seen, the individuation process, as a goal and a lifelong process, as we mentioned, and one of self-realization. It is a reintegration of your true nature that you lost you had it because we're all we're all brought here to planet earth having our true nature but we lose not our true nature we lose touch with that nature it's always there it is the basis of our of our human form and of course the entirety of our soul's composition and we lose touch with that nature through exposure to everything that isn't it and by that i mean every interaction every a relationship that you've ever had starting from your childhood into present day in a way has conflicted with your true nature because nothing and no one is set up the way that you are. So that's the first thing that we need to understand. Nothing and no one is or ever will be set up the way that you are. You are an incredibly intricate composition of nature. And so is everyone else. In childhood, we make many unconscious choices based on familiar patterns drawn from those who raised us, who taught us about the world through their actions and behaviors and their attitudes. And many of the unhealthy cycles that we live in as children and also as adults are due to poor individuation. This includes things like depression or addiction, codependency, you name it. Any unhealthy pattern of behavior, a way in which you operate that is not optimal for you living out your fulfillment and your truth stems from an 
undone individuation process, one that has never been begun, one that has not been completed. And when I say completed, I don't mean in entirety because as I mentioned before, the individuation process is never fully complete, but there are stages of completion. There are going to be moments in which you feel like you have fully individuated and we'll get to why that is later in this episode. To some extent, not fully, but to some extent, uh, an extent that's far greater than many believe, you get to choose who and how to be. In so long as you are choosing the truth of who you are over the history of your human life to date, you are faced with a choice and anyone doing the good work on themselves is going to understand this on a very deep level, that you do have a choice as to whether you want to be the truth of you or whether you want to continue living out the patterns that you've inherited. And so I want to draw a distinction between boundaries and individuation because many can use the argument that boundaries And setting boundaries with other people is a necessary part of the process of individuation. And it is indistinguishable that I am setting these boundaries in my life. I am setting myself apart from the people who I feel are making me live out a pattern of belief or a pattern of behavior that isn't who I am. It isn't aligned with me. And so in setting that boundary, you may think that that is you individuating, you standing up and becoming self-aware and and standing firm in who it is that you've decided you are. But although boundaries are necessary, they are an active step that you take to better support your self-development. However, boundaries by their very nature can be crossed. There is room to backpedal with boundaries and we see that. We have all set a boundary that we then backpedaled on, that we let someone cross even though we thought we so firmly drew that line in the sand. With individuation, however, there is no crossing of that line and there's no crossing of that line because you're not enforcing new rules as you are with boundaries. You are becoming the living standard of what is true for you. You are not setting a new standard of how to be treated. You are becoming the standard for how you demand through your becoming, how you demand the energy that you emanate from yourself, the way that you carry yourself. All of these things change as you individuate. And so you now are the standard for how you are going to be perceived and treated by others. And how beautiful a thing when you individuate that you get to be perceived for who you actually are. Even if people cannot see you, they will sense the truth in you. You can sense when people live in integrity. You can sense when people are carrying out their purpose. And that is because they have completed a stage of individuation that gives them the authority on themselves. And so struggling with boundaries leads us to the importance of 
retribing or retreating to yourself. And I juxtapose those two things because whether you are someone who thrives in community, someone who has people around them constantly that they uh, are open and vulnerable with and depend upon emotionally and that's perfect if that is the category that you fall into. But I also put next to that retreating to yourself because perhaps you are one of the people who finds more solace and community within yourself. Maybe you are a solo rider and you feel comfortable in creating community in the comfort of you and yourself. And that is okay too. And I want to really place emphasis on that because there is no correct way to be and to discover yourself. It is essential that we rely on others for the discovery of ourselves. And I'm going to get to that because that is an incredibly important point. But as it stands here at this point in our discussion, in you can retribe or you can retreat to yourself. And One of those two things needs to happen, if not both. When you are individuating, you are becoming a different person. You are becoming yourself. And something beyond any persona that you've been upholding to the world and to the tribe that you may have. Maybe your tribe are your coworkers who before you had a lot of point of connection and relatedness with and now you don't. Maybe your tribe are your close friends. Maybe they're old friends that you used to have the commonality of attending the same high school or or university or sharing the same sports interests, whatever it is. When you individuate and you unlock higher levels of yourself, it's going to make you crave different people. And often, it'll make you crave no one at all. And the reason that happens, the reason why retreating into yourself becomes something so important for everyone who's going through any type of awakening, anyone who is developing a self-awareness, is because you unlock a new level of yourself, one that you are not familiar with. And so you are really overwhelmed with new company that you want to keep. You become the new company. You want to, it's, I I think it's akin to you meeting someone new, uh, you know, a romantic interest. And all of a sudden your friends are telling you, You don't make any time for us because you're so overwhelmed by the newness of this new company. You're so intrigued. And so the same thing happens in individuation. You become so overtaken by this self that you have introduced back into your life that you need to be alone with that. You need to acquaint yourself. You need to enter that honeymoon stage. You will want to be with yourself. You will want to spend time with the you that you didn't know was in there and now can't get enough of. And the reason you can't get enough of yourself as you unlock new dimensions of yourself is because it is the closest thing to being seen and felt and whole that you have ever experienced. You may wish to find people who better understand who you now know yourself to be. And that will happen at different stages for different people. And that is where the retribing comes in. 
And you'll want to be seen. There's going to be a new desire in you to be seen. Say if, if you weren't someone who had a big community or any community at all, and you were a solo rider, you may wish to now not be because you want to be seen for this new, deep, intimate connection that you formed with yourself. You will start to want to give your purpose more attention. There is a reason why people who have done so much self-work, good quality self-work, that's important to note. When they've done all that work, you see them out and about and confident and, and in their power and wanting to share and, and get people to the position of emotional awareness and maturity that they're in because they know what that can do for purpose. When you individuate, you get closer to yourself and you get to know who it is that you are, that is where purpose comes in. And where we have it backwards is that our society does not encourage the finding of the self, it encourages the finding of your purpose. And the self is not even a player in this, in this story or in this game. We don't even talk about the self. It doesn't matter who you are. Just find your purpose and serve. And how... Insanely impossible does that sound to be able to discover your purpose before you discover yourself. And even worse, you will be fed and you have been fed an idea of what the self is and then told that you should just fall in line, accept the definition of self that you've been given, even though it has not been catered to you, it has not been custom made for you, but you should accept it because these are the, the, the things that are being handed out. And then you should go ahead and, and you should find your purpose. This isn't a discussion of enlightenment. Just fall in line. But you understand, I'm confident that you understand, that that, we've all done that at some point. Maybe some of us are still doing that. And it doesn't work. And what I mean by it doesn't work is it doesn't satisfy the soul. It doesn't clarify your purpose for you. And it surely does not allow you to subsequently implement your purpose. The new dimensions of you will want to express and be recognized. And so you will find that you are drawn to different groups. You, you will find that you are drawn to different hobbies that are associated with the energetics of different types of people. Maybe before you, you did one thing and that had a particular, uh, attracted a particular type of person to that community. And now you will see that you are doing something completely different. You are being drawn to a hobby or an activity that you would have never considered. And it's because the energetics of the people who uphold that and tend to flock toward that activity is now more aligned with who you've discovered yourself to be. I want you to understand the importance of silencing the critics when you're going through the process of individuation. And I can certainly say that you likely are and have been going through the process of individuation. So you're welcome for giving you a word to describe what it is that is happening to you. A word that is not my own, of course, but a word that I hope I can explain to you in my words and in my experience in a way that is going to resonate for you so you can understand what it is that's happening. Silencing the critics has to start with silencing the critics from the outside because we all have an inner critic. 
And our inner critic is the critic that is listening and integrating the opinions and the voices of others and amplifying it in our own voice and in our own tone. And thus we interpret what everyone else has fed us, often what we don't even realize we're picking up. We are picking up on the signaling of everyone, on everyone's response to us. When we step outside and we see how a person looks looks at us, what they say to us, these are all things that we are taking and interpreting or misinterpreting as a judgment on ourselves. And then we develop our, our own inner critic that amplifies the judgment of others or the perceived judgment because there's an element to judgment where we believe that we are being judged a particular way and that's based off of our own conditioning, our own belief systems, and may not actually even be what the other person had in mind. But that's for an entirely different episode. Silence the critics, outer and inner, because outside opinions, they're, they're going to matter less to you when you individuate. You'll see that. You won't care as much because you're going to feel so connected to what is being unveiled in you that you're not really going to hear people the way that you used to when you didn't understand yourself and you didn't feel as close. And this is going to contribute to the silencing of your own inner critic. Your inner critic is upheld by the voices outside. And once those get quieter, the inside voice that is trying to sabotage you is also going to get quieter. And this then allows you to step into your authentic power and to find the fulfillment that you've been wanting to find but haven't been able to. And again, a reminder that there is no timeline on this and you don't get to decide what timeline is going to be put on this. You don't have a say. You don't have a choice. I've said this multiple times and I'm going to continue to say it because I think it needs to be really understood. You do not get to choose how your healing pans out. You only get to choose whether you participate in it, but you don't get to decide when you have your breakthroughs, when the right books and the right mentors and the right people and circumstances and environments come into your life and show you things, but you get to be an active participant and you get to cater your awareness to be hyper-tuned to the things that are going to get you there faster. So why is it so hard to individuate? We rely on our inferior ego. The ego, of course, is inferior to the self. And so we rely on it to perceive our superior self. The ego secondarily develops from the self. It is not an independent entity. It comes from the self. But the self is the fruit of who you are. And the ego, something that sprouts. I like to think of it honestly if you if you are if you are a potato, if you've ever left a potato in the pantry for too long, forgotten about it, then taken one look at it before you finally were in the mood to cook potatoes and you saw the sprouting that took place and it was instantly off-putting. But you said to yourself, "Well, maybe this one I could just cut off or scratch off or scrape off and the potato is still okay it's still good to eat it still has its function and so I think that that's a pretty good example for how the ego and the self function the potato is the self and the ego are the sprouts it's it's not a bad part of the potato it doesn't make the potato bad because the sprouts are there because the ego is there it's an inevitable part of a natural things process 
It's going to happen. It is going to happen. If you live long enough and are privileged to live long enough to get to a place where you understand what the ego is and to want to figure out how to silence it when necessary and to work with it, then the sprouts are going to come. The ego is going to pop up and it's going to continue to pop up. There is no point in the individuation process where I am promising you that the ego is going to become obsolete because that's impossible. It is a development of the self, a secondary development. And it is out of our reliance on ego for perception. We rely on the ego for perception and it makes itself indispensable. That is the the trickery of the ego is that it has positioned itself to make itself indispensable to us. When you are indispensable, you have to be incorporated. And so the ego has to be incorporated in our work and in our lives. It has to be something that we can learn to not just live with and get by with, but to understand and work with. Individuation, I like to see it as something that becomes really most important later in life. Because the first half is concerned with, you know, the first part of your life is concerned with expanding your ego. Much of your childhood and adolescence is you trying to adapt to a world that doesn't really have it right all the time. In fact, most of the time it doesn't have it right. We don't live in a disproportionately conscious world and hopefully we're going toward that. But it's the first half of your life is concerned with expanding the ego and adapting these collective norms that we are shown from our parents to our teachers to our classmates to the media we are taught what is acceptable and what we need to be and how we need to behave and how we need to dress and how we need to speak and the things that we need to check off in order to be accepted and to belong and all of these things are what strengthen the ego the second half of our lives however And this is not so cut and dry. I'm not saying that if we consider living 100 years, then at 50, the crisp age of 50, you're going to start individuating and figuring all of this out. This can, you can divide this however you wish. These are not equal parts. But in the second half, for the the purposes of this teaching, in the second half, you're focused on the reality. And what is the reality? The reality that you are going to die eventually. That your time here on earth and your life here on earth is not infinite. And so we become aware of death and that helps us to sort of come into the awareness of purpose and what does it mean and and why do we have one and do we have one? Our purpose on earth while we're still here because now death has added an element of time. The reality of death has taught us that we do not have forever to discover our purpose. And so given that we don't have forever, it will probably behoove us to understand a little bit more about ourselves so we can start living out the process that will get us to understanding our purpose. The self, I want to circle back and close out with this really important point. I earlier mentioned that 
it is important that we have relationships with other people, even if you are a solo rider. It is important that you have relationships with other people. And these relationships are allowed to look different. In fact, they will and they should. These relationships don't mean that you have to find a community and be one of the individuals who thrive in a group setting. You can be a solo rider and still have intimate one-on-one relationships. Maybe that's how you function when you deal with other people and grow from your relationships. The self is relational. The self itself is relational. Individuation, thus, it depends on your relationships with others. There is no way to individuate solo in a basement without access to the outside world. That doesn't mean, okay, and and listen closely. That doesn't mean that you can't be an introvert and you can't be a solo rider and individuate. You can engage in relationship with people in a multitude of ways. And that could be an internet friend. That could be on uh, wherever, on Quora, if you're, you know, writing things and threads and, and having conversations that mean something to you, that could be with any person who you don't necessarily even need to know what they look like or who they are. It could be done in so many ways, but the point is that it is still relational. You have to form some kind of connection. You have to have some level of intimacy with an individual. Maybe you do it solely through your dating life. Maybe you have no friends. You just are a serial dater. And not, you know, that could be your way of learning about yourself. There are so many ways in which we can do that. Maybe it's just with your family. Or perhaps you're a therapist and it's just with your clients. Whatever way you do this, it is just important for you to realize that it cannot be done solely on your own. The relationships can come in many different ways. It could be the grocery clerk that you speak to every week when you end up picking up your groceries. It could be anyone. But understand that the self is relational. Individuation depends on your relationships with others and you have to show up and engage with the world in order to see yourself. You don't get to see yourself by looking at yourself. You can stare at yourself through meditation or in the physical realm through a mirror. All day long, you will not see yourself more clearly. It is only through engaging with other people that you get to see yourself reflected or just simply bounce off someone in your differences. Some people will show us the things that we have in common and teach us about ourselves. Other people will show us how different we are and teach us about ourselves. It is both in commonality and in conflict that we are able to learn who it is that we are. This is really important to the individuation process. And so if you don't have someone who you feel you are able to get close enough to, to learn about yourself, it can either be because you are closed off to being shown yourself, or maybe you just need to find someone who you feel you connect with who has the capability of showing you yourself. You cannot do it on your own, and and the process itself, I want to really drill this in. It's never completed. This is not a one and done thing. This is something you're going to have to continue to do over and over and over again. And sometimes you're going to need a new environment and that new environment can be a new person. 
This, I believe, very, very passionately is why we outgrow people. Because there comes a point where a person cannot show you any more of yourself. And so you need to discover more of yourself because that is your mission. That is why you're here to find your wholeness. And it's not about finding wholeness in someone else. It's about being in the presence of someone who is a teaching vessel, just as you are to others and allowing them to show you yourself. It is such that it will make you feel through your relational experiences that momentarily you have individuated. It is that sense. You will feel when you have these breakthroughs. I'm sure we've all had a breakthrough where we felt, that's it. Problem solved. This is it. This is what I've been working towards. I finally figured it out. But don't be overly intrigued by any one part of the individuation process because remember and remind yourself that it is lifelong. For every breakthrough, there is a higher breakthrough. There is never an end to this. So never stop. Never stop attempting to find your wholeness. Follow it. Follow your wholeness in the places and the people that you feel most clarity in the midst of that person's presence. You needn't rely on anyone for your own connection to self, but you must and you once again will. You will feel like you need no one else because you've, you've figured out what you intended to figure out. But again, there will come a point where you will be lost again. These are checkpoints in a video game. For every checkpoint, there's another race to run. You are going to continue finding that there are pieces to yourself that have been newly discovered that still need to be discovered. And these pieces require environments. And it's a beautiful way, if you really stop and think, it is a beautiful way of the universe saying we really do need each other. We are so separate, but we are so together in this path and pursuit of figuring out who we are. And we can't do it without other people. It's ironic and it's beautiful. And I hope that listening to this episode has given you a little bit more insight into the individuation process and where that fits into your own life. Where are you in in your mindset um, when it comes to considering the work that you're doing on yourself? And perhaps it has encouraged you to think a little bit differently about how you've been approaching yourself. With that, as always, I am here with and for you. And I hope that if this episode rang true for you, or if it didn't and it sparked some thought of someone else who may be going through something similar or will benefit from it, please, if you found any value, consider sharing this episode with a friend. And I will see you back here for a new episode of Wake Up With Glow.